All right, well, welcome back to our series entitled uh, What Satan is, is Teaching Married Couples. It's actually the title of our message today, but our series is called The Talk. And um, it's funny, we've been talking about sex for the last three weeks. This is our third week. And I just want to say this to you before we go a little too much further. Is I want to say thank you so much for, for being faithful to be here and listen to this series. Okay? Thank you. To be faithful, to be here, to listen because we expose the lies of the enemy and we've crossed them with the truth of God's word and we and we've been discovering what God has to say about sex right and I just want to say thank you for being here and enduring this and I know we we try to make it light we try to make it funny as possible and and not be too uh gross as some people would say but but it's it's really an important message. And, and after last week's uh, message, I had a thought and felt like the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And I want, I want to give it to you real quick. And I want you to write this down. And I felt like this is what the Holy Spirit was showing me through this series is that, that what the church fails to speak the truth to, the world is faithful to speak Satan's lies to. Because you see, the problem is that the church shut up a long time ago talking about issues like this. And because they've shut up, the world never shut up. Right? I mean, if you don't believe me, go out into your car and turn it on to a radio station and see what comes up. Listen to the first song that plays on a secular radio station. Go turn your TV on and see the world's not shutting up. The world's constantly spewing lies, constantly, constantly, constantly. And if the church won't stand up and speak the truth to the lie, then what are people left to believe? The lie. Isn't that good? And man, so today we're going we're to talk about the lie that Satan teaches married couples. And, and man, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's, it's a sad thing. And, and I've experienced some of this myself. I'm sure my wife has. And it's just, it's crazy. But we're going we're to we're cancel it out with the truth this morning. Amen. The truth about what God says. We, you've heard us say for the last two weeks that great and godly sex starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. Great and godly sex starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. You've got to have the right thinking, right? We've been talking about how godly thinking leads to godly actions and wrong thinking leads to sinful actions. If you've got the wrong thinking, then it can lead you into sinful actions. But if you've got the right thinking, it can lead you into godly actions. Amen? John 8, says that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. I'm going to say that again because I didn't get enough amens on that one. All he can do is lie. Everything that he says is a lie. He cannot tell the truth. Are you with me? John 8.32 says that when you, when you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. I want to be free. To be free, I have to know the truth. Right? Did you know that six out of ten marriages end in divorce today? Six out of ten. 10, that's the latest statistic. Six out of 10 marriages end in divorce today. And man, listen, we could, we could stir up all kind of bad statistics for you and really make you feel bad. But I want to give you a good positive statistic. Blah, blah, blah. One out of 1,032 married couples that pray together only end in divorce. Only one out of 1,032 that pray together faithfully, end in divorce. 
I figured I'd had a better response out of you than that. I mean, that's, you know, one out of 1,032, just in case you didn't hear me right. Come on. That's something to celebrate. And that's just couples that just pray together. That's not necessarily believers or or non-believers. I mean, that means that an unsaved person can sit down and pray with his wife. And There's something magical. There's something powerful when you stop and you spend a little time together talking to your God. Amen? It's, it does something to your heart. It, it, it almost makes you examine your heart. It's as if you walk into God's x-ray room and he just kind of x-rays your heart and he shows you right there. And you can say, you know what, I've been, this is my normal <laughs> repentance to my wife is, sorry, baby, I've been barking a lot lately. I've been barking a lot. I mean, listen, we've had a cold winter. I was stuck in the house for two days straight. I went outside, I went outside in the sleet and the snow to keep from doing something that would have been illegal. Anyway. Sorry, baby, I just, I've been barking all day. You heard what the old lady said, right? You know them men, they bark all day, but they meow at night. You know how we are. Now, how many of you are married today? Can, I, can you raise your hand? How many of you are married? Look around the room. Keep your hands up. Look around the room. Isn't that awesome? Let's give them a big hand clap. Come on. How many of you hope to be married in the near future? Raise your hand. Come on. <laughs> Give them a hand. How many of you plan on committing adultery? How many of you plan on cheating on your spouse? Conservative studies show that over 50% of men and 42% of women will commit adultery. Wow. That, that's, that's staggering, isn't it? 50% of men. Wow. Wow. Adultery is our topic today, and let me tell you something. The devil wants, wants you to believe this lie. He wants you to believe that you're missing out. He wants you to believe that the grass is greener on the other side. That's what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that, you know what, if, man, if I would have married so-and-so, man, my life would just be dreamy. I wonder if I could go get with her and, and we could just be dreamy. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, right? And you're really not missing out. If you're missing out, it's because you're believing the lies of the enemy and you're not believing the truth of God's word about your marriage, right? If you're missing out, that's the truth. The truth is that you're missing out because you don't know the truth. Because you see, when, when, when God brings, God said, what I've brought together, let no man separate. In other words, when I bring it together, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to anoint it. I'm going to appoint it. I'm going to be with it. It's going to be holy. It's going to be incredible. But when you break out of that, though you may think that it's going to be a certain way, it's not. Because it's not anointed. It's not blessed. Right? Your marriage is blessed. Come on. Your sexual relationship with your spouse is blessed. Amen? Proverbs 5.3 says, For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. How many of you like, everybody likes honey, right? And everybody loves smooth speech. But the Bible says that the lips of the adulteress 
are like honey. She drips honey, and her, her words are as smooth as can be. You ever been kind of just sold by somebody? And they just come up to you at work or wherever it is, and they just kind of, I don't know what it is about them, but they just got something that gets my attention. You don't have to raise your hand. That wouldn't be wise this morning. But it happens to all of us, I believe. And so Satan wants to attack you sexually. He wants you to believe that you're missing out on something and the grass is greener on the other side so that he can get your eyes off of your prize and put your eyes on something that you think you need that's only going to lead to destruction. Right? And so here comes sister so-and-so with her, her honey dripping off her lips. And she got that makeup on and you like, I don't know, whatever it is. And, and she smells just right. And she talks just right. And she walks just, and you know what I'm saying. And you, you're kind of like just. She gets your attention. And the whole time Satan's whispering in the back of your head, you're missing out. You know, your sex life ain't what it what it should be you know she she don't put nothing into it you don't put nothing into it that old man you got he's you know he's he's boring he lies that's all he can do is lie he tells you your sex life is is bland it's boring it's like vanilla it's the same old same old every time and you don't even really look forward to it maybe he's not attacking you sexually maybe he's attacking you emotionally Maybe he's saying to you, ladies, you know, he don't, he don't even want to spend time with you. Look at him. When he gets home, he goes out there to the barn and he hangs out with them old nasty pigs and he won't come inside and give you a kiss and tell you hi. Or he'll go work in the garage in an old greasy car, right? Or he gets, he gets more excited to go to the deer lease than he does to take me out to McDonald's. Right? I mean, that's what he says. And that's what you start thinking. So maybe he's coming after you emotionally. Well, he's not meeting my needs. He's not concerned about me. We don't talk. He's not interested in my topics. I don't know how he's attacking you. But he's got a plan for you. And whichever way he's trying to get at you, whether it's sexually or emotionally, whatever way he's trying to get at you, let me tell you what his plan is. His plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the only thing he wants. He doesn't want anything else. He just wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And it's not because he doesn't like you. It's because he don't like Jesus. Amen? He wants to shame the church of Jesus Christ. He wants to bring it to his knees. He wants to embarrass it to the world. He wants you to make a decision to go and commit adultery so your, your marriage can fall, so your witness can fall, so your testimony can fall, so everybody that you were leading to Christ can say, you know what, I knew that God thing wasn't going to work. Forget all that. And they're gone forever. That's what he wants. I want to give you two words in the, in the Hebrew. And, and one of these words is what God has, has desired for you. And, and, one, and the other word is what Satan has in, in store for you. And the first word is Rava. And that's what God has in store for you. And the second word is Shaga. And that's what Satan has in store for you. And let me give you a verse before we get into that. Proverbs five eighteen and 19 says, May your fountain be blessed. And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. 
a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. That is God's plan for your marriage, that you be satisfied always. Right? He wants you to be satisfied with the wife of your youth or with the husband of your youth. Satisfied always. That's his plans, his intentions. The word Rava is what, what God has in store for you. Is he, he, the, the word defines as to bathe, to make drunk, to feel, and to satisfy. May the spouse of your youth, this is what he's saying to you. May the spouse of your youth Rava you. May that person satisfy you. May you bathe in one another's presence. May you enjoy life together. Are you seeing this? Isn't that so opposite of what the world's saying today? The world's saying, go try this. And if you don't like that, go try this. And if you don't like that, go try this. Test drive it before you buy it. That's what it says. Don't make a commitment. Are you crazy? Proverbs 5.20 says, Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? Satan has shagai in, in store for you, and that, and that word defines as this, to stray, to wonder, or to be devoured. You see, he wants you to stray away from your spouse. He wants you to wander away off into something else, thinking that I'm not getting satisfied here. And, and, and the grass is greener on the other side. So, so if, if this is the plan or the course that life that God has for your marriage, and you're going down that course, and Satan comes and he says, man, you're not satisfied. She's not meeting your needs. He's not meeting your emotional needs. Are you with me? And so, so when he, he gets you to start thinking that, and then you start believing that, and then what happens? You start straying, wandering, off the path, and then you end up in destruction. And let me tell you something. It's a gradual thing. It's not all of a sudden, poof, a naked woman appears in front of you and you have an opportunity to commit adultery. It's not like that. It's little bitty steps. Little things that you might not notice. And he wants just to get a little bit at a time. So let me show you some of Satan's baby steps to adultery. Number one, they enjoy common interest, early stages of emotional bond. Then they begin to share personal information. They anticipate time together. They hide the relationship from their spouses. They flirt with minor arousing touch. Then they begin to invent excuses to call or text or meet then they deceive their spouse with words and actions and they start making up lies about where I need to go next and I got to be here, I got to do this, reasons not to be home. And then they engage sexually. You see, it doesn't just go boom. I think it rarely happens like that. I think for most of us, it's just a little bit of a pull. A little bit here. A little bit there. And if you're not careful, he can shagai you. He can get you to, to stray off of the, the narrow. Are you with me? Just a little bit at a time. So that way you don't notice how far you've gone. That way your spouse doesn't notice how far you've gone. And she blows the whistle on you. Or he, whoever it is. And, and you're not careful. So he takes you a little bit at a time. 
And before you know it, you've done something. And you start saying things like, I can't believe. How did I get here? How did I get, how did I get so far? Man, it, it seemed like just yesterday we were madly in love. And today I've, I've gone too far. And you don't know where the time went. So let me give you two principles real quick on, on how to escape Satan's trap of Shagah. Number one is you need to visualize the devastation. Visualize the devastation. You need to think about the consequences. You know, the Bible even says that before you go to build something, you need to count the cost. You need to evaluate. You need to, you need to take into consideration some things. The weather conditions, the amount of money, the amount of labor, the amount of overhead, the amount of time. What's the result? How are my people that are building this building, are they going to get tired? You need to, you need to think about those things. You need to count the cost. You need to think about if one day I do slip off of the narrow, and I do stray away, and let's just say I do commit adultery, what is the repercussions of that? Think about that for a minute. Meditate on that for a little while. What's, what does life look like if I'm not with Cheryl anymore? And now we got to go to a judge to divide up our things and give rights for her to have the kids for so long, and me to have the kids so long. And so you, when you thought life was going to be greener on the other side, it just became browner, right? Because now you've got, I don't know, three families going on or something, and it's complicated. Think about the kids. Man, I go, man, if, if I ever did that, what would my son, how would he look at me in the eye anymore? How could he, how could he look up to his daddy anymore? How could my girls look up to their mama? How would my girls expect to find a husband one day? Are they going to look for a man like their daddy who can't be faithful? Think about and visualize the devastation. But you see, that's where we fall. And that's his trick is that he gets us so focused on that green grass. And what you think is 20 acres of green grass ain't but a little 10 foot square patch. And you're going, man, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to get through this fence. And when you get through that fence, you get on the other side and you're no longer protected anymore. Are you with me? And you, get on, you got your little 10 foot patch. You go, woohoo! And then you look up and all the predators are coming. And you look around, you go, whoa, all the grass is dead. What have I done? You got to visualize the devastation. Proverbs 3, 5, 3 to 5, 3 to 5 says this. For the lips of an adulteress drips honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall. I didn't know what gall meant, so I looked it up. You know what gall is? That's fluids from your bowels. Oh, yeah, yeah, she looked good today. Oh, yeah, she smelled good today. But, buddy, you're going to wake up with her one day. She ain't going to have all that makeup on. And it's going to look like some gal. And you might just go, gal, what did I do? you got to visualize the devastation. She, in the end, she, the person, or he, the one that you decide to wander off with. 
This is God's word. This is the truth. He says, they will become, in the end, as bitter as bow. Sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. But man, I saw it. It just, oh man, it was going to be so good. It was going to be perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. So was your marriage. But what happened to that? Did you quit putting in your part? Did you quit investing? Did you quit throwing logs on the fire, men? Because you see, if you don't throw a good log on the fire every now and then, the fire's going to go out. Right? And a lot of times, your wife is over there poking the fire, giving you little hints. Hey, hey, you need to take me out. You need to spend some deer seasons over with. You need to spend a little time with me. And you don't want to throw another log on the fire. So what happened? What's going to change with the new person? Right? Visualize the devastation. How's it going to affect my witness? How's it going to affect God's heart? How does it mess up this plan that he has for my life? How does it mess that up? Man, he's got, he's got this direction for me, this detailed, perfect plan for my life. And I decide to stray off of this. What's going to happen? What am I saying about the power of God? What about my witness? What about my testimony? Satan wants to take you out. That's, that's the only plan he's got. That's his only mission in life is to take you out. You've got to know that. He eats, sleeps, and breathes destruction over your life. And if he can get your marriage, he got your kids. And if he got your kids, he got generations to come. Right? And then he can turn around and because when, when your marriage starts breaking down and your kids don't love you no more, then what happens to your relationship with God? You start turning your back on God. You're like, oh man, God don't love me no more. Proverbs 7, 19 to 23 says, For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. At the full moon, he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly, he follows her as an an ox goes to the slaughter. Or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool. Until an arrow pierces through his liver... As a a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Because he hasn't counted the cost. If I do this, what's going to happen? The the second thing you need to do to escape Satan's trap is you need to shield your marriage from the slaughter. You need to shield your marriage from the slaughter. Men... Let me tell you something. You are responsible for shielding your marriage. Women, you are responsible for shielding your marriage. You don't need to go to the beauty shop and talk about your old man and what he don't do. No, I'm serious. Men, you don't need to be at the water cooler and talking about your old lady this and your old lady that. Right? Because when you fell in lust with her, she wasn't an old lady, was she? And you wasn't an old man, was you? Right? I got a friend of mine this week. He went to do some work for this lady. And 
she's got a farm and he was going to fix some fences and he was kind of dreading going. And I was like, well, what's wrong? He said, well, man, every time I go over there, she walks around with her husband at her side, putting him down the whole time I'm working. So he's over there. She hires him to go fix the fence and he's walking around following his wife like a little puppy. And she's going, he can't do nothing right. He can't fix a fence. He can't do this. I almost offered to go with him. That would have been interesting. (laughs) But it wasn't my pasture to go fix. Shield your marriage from the slaughter. Proverbs 5.8 says, keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Man, you got to set some barriers, some parameters. You got to put some fences up. Come on. You got to have some standards in your life. You got to control your eyes. It's okay to swing by and see Betty, but you can't stay looking at Betty. Are you with me? She might look good, but you need to go me oh my, pass me on by. I need to look somewhere else. You know, as, as pastors on staff, when we go out to eat with one another, we, we, we go anywhere. We're always looking at each other's eyes because, man, there's, there's women all over the place. Right? So you, you know when one's coming. And you kind of, so you, you scan the rest of the guys. You kind of go, are they going to look? And then you got to go, make sure I'm not looking. You got to set some standards. Come on, I need that. Right? I need somebody to check me out. My wife checked me out cold turkey the other day. Seriously, she called I mean, and it, it, I was thankful for it. She said, you looking at anything on the internet? I went, no. On your phone? No. Better not. Say, yes, ma'am. Because that's what you say. Yes, ma'am. The problem is we've been drawing the lines in the wrong places. It's not always the physical touch. That's not where you need to draw the line. Well, I'll never touch another woman. No, 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 no. If that's where your line is, you've already messed up. Because the Bible says, Jesus said himself, that if you even look at a woman lustfully, with lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Long before you touched her, you committed adultery. When you visualized it, when you, when you lost control of your emotions and you visualized her or him, boom, adultery. You need to set the standard. You need to set the line a little further back than just the physical touch. You don't need to be thinking about your old boyfriends and your old girlfriends from school. Ladies, you don't need to be watching that female pornography on TV during the day, days of our lives. What's another one? Young and the You don't need to watch that either. Young and the Restless. That's female pornography. You don't need to be reading them, them female pornographic novels. That will mess up your emotions. That will give you, that will bring you into fantasy land where you think that, oh, oh, this guy is so sweet. I wish my husband could be like him. And here he comes home from a rough day, got grease on his face, and he stinks. And you've been reading this thing all day. What do you think's going to happen? Seriously. There's certain shows on TV we, we don't watch. We just set a new standard. If I've got to change the channel and my kids are sitting in the room when this show is on, then I don't need to watch that show for myself. Right? I've got to guard my own heart from fantasy land. 
Yeah, then you got to change the commercials. So let me give you three things you never do. I want to help you set that line in the right place. Three things you never do. Number one is you never be alone with the opposite sex. Never be alone with the opposite sex. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. Never put yourself in a room with the opposite sex. I had a young girl I interviewed a couple weeks ago. And, and she was coming to the church to meet me. I called Doug. I said, hey, man, there's a young girl coming. I need you to come sit in this meeting with me. Sure, man, anytime. He had no problem because we had that understanding. We got to guard each other. So he came and he sat right there. He didn't have to put, do any input. We had our whole meeting and we went on about a business. Why? Because I want to be accountable. Right? I don't want somebody to walk into church and say, oh, pastor, what you doing with this? Oh, I'm putting that on Facebook. Mm, we're going to spread some gossip today. Facebook been a little boring the last couple of weeks. We're going to liven it up. I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to even have those thoughts, right? And you listen, you're probably sitting there going, you know, that's great for you pastors. You know, you pastors, y'all really need to watch the line. What's the difference between me and you? Just because you're in the business world means you have the right to go into a room with another woman all by yourself? If you think that way, let me tell you something. That is stupid. Because it ain't just for me. It's for all of us. That's a standard we all have to set. What good business who really cares about you personally would send you on a trip with one woman? You think they really care about you? If they cared about you, they would make other arrangements. Amen? Maybe your spouse needs to go with you. Maybe this, they, would, they would open the door for you and say, Hey, look, I'm sending you with your secretary, but look, your wife is welcome to go anytime. I just want to make sure I'm helping you guard and you need to guard yourself. That seems like care to me. Right? Don't find yourself alone with someone of the opposite sex. Number two, never discuss your marriage with the opposite sex. Oh, that's a good one. Never discuss your marriage with the opposite sex. In fact, you need to be careful who you discuss your marriage with. Seriously. I mean, I know we all need to throw up every now and then. And we need to vent to somebody. But you need to be really, really careful who you talk to about your husband or your wife. Right? You need to be careful because who is that person? Can you trust them? Is it, is it going to stay secure? Are they going to give me some good godly wisdom and some good godly advice? Are they just going to tell me what they feel? And they're sitting over there hurting their marriage. They're going through the same thing you are and you're trying to get advice from them. Listen, two people stuck in the mud don't get each other out. Number three, never hang around the wrong environments. Guys, if you're saved, no, scratch that. If you're not saved, either or, you don't need to go on a bachelor party to a strip club. No, I'm serious. That is not wise. It's not wise. What are you telling your wife? You got to watch the environments you go to. You don't need to go eat at Hooters. I mean, it's on the sign. No, you can't say nothing. 
Women, you need, to, you need to watch who you hang out with. You might be at the gym doing your little exercise. And sister so-and-so, and then she goes, Woo, look at him and them tights. You may need to stop that. Seriously, you may say, hold up, girl, don't talk about that. No, 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 no. You need to quit that. Right? We got to be careful. Man, it's everywhere. And let me tell you something. If you don't have a standard and you think your kids have a standard, you're mistaken. If you don't set a standard, how's your kids going to have a standard? What are they going to follow? They're going to follow your standard. Mama leaves the house half-dressed going to the gym. Hmm. Those are the things not to do. And let me tell you, let me give you three things to do, to always do. Number one, always nurture your relationship with Christ. You got to nurture that relationship. You got to feed it. You got to take care of it. Let me tell you something. Your relationship with Christ is your lifeline. If that severs, there's no more life coming into you. Are you with me? No matter where you find yourself today, if you've been deceived emotionally or sexually or in any way, you need, to, you need to sever that today. You need to repent. You need to turn from your ways. You need to ask God for forgiveness. And you need to, you need to come back into his presence and reestablish your lifeline. Because that's the only way you make it. That's the only way you make it. That's the only way you ever get satisfied in marriage. It's through your lifeline with Jesus. You can't do it by yourself. And you can't do it with just you and her. You've got to nurture it. You've got to put some effort into it. It's amazing that when you're on fire for Christ, you're rarely on fire for sin. Amen? And that, I mean, that's a simple thing you can remember. Is when you're on fire for Christ, you're usually not on fire for sin. Now, it doesn't mean things don't go through your mind. You still got to guard. Number two, the second thing you need to always do is keep each other accountable. You need to always keep accountable. You need to have, every person needs to have somebody that they're accountable to. And listen to me, it's somebody you can trust and somebody that you give the right to tell you the truth. Don't go to somebody you got beat up and they just, they're a yes man in your life. You don't go to that person and try to be accountable. That's when they look at you. You okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Okay. What kind of accountability is that? I'll tell you what my pastor did to me. He called me up one day. He said, hey man, God, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. He said, good, give, give the phone to your wife. Huh? Let me speak to Cheryl. Okay. I said, anything I can help you with? No, let me talk to your wife. Oh God. Baby, it's Pastor Bubba. You try to throw some sugar down real quick. Cause... Let me tell you something. Since this series started, I mean, there's been some crazy things going on. And, and my pastor and I the other day held each other accountable. <laughs> you looking at anything? You doing anything? Anything popping up on your phone? You letting your wife know? No, no, man. I'm, I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. What about you? I'm good too. I'm good too. It's funny as he and I are both tech, techno, technologically challenged. So if something pops up on our phone, it's really not sin. We just can't get rid of it. We're like, I mean, that's all I could do. It's like, I don't know how to, he's the same way. He's like, ah! 
all you can do. But you got to do whatever you got to do, right? <laughs> so number one, always nurture your relationship with Christ. Number two, always keep accountable. Number three, always water your own grass. Always water your own grass. Take care of yours. Take care of yours. How many times do I see people with wrecked marriages trying to go save their friend who has a wrecked marriage? And I want to go, time out. Just, this is what, honestly, I'll just be honest with you. This is why I want to go, time out. You, no, no, she didn't do this, I'm just using, you need to turn around and go home and fix your own marriage, and you need to go find somebody that can really help you. You trying to water somebody else's grass. Are you with me? Always take care of your marriage. I know people that have tried to spice up their sex life and brought pornography into the marriage and had no clue what destruction that brought. Think about this for a moment. If you're married, one or the other says, hey, I want to spice it up. I got a little movie. How does that make the other person feel? I mean, think about it. So I'm not good enough. So I'm not pretty enough. So it's this bad that we got to bring something else in, right? What does it say? What does it say if your spouse catches you dabbling in pornography or looking at somebody? I catch my wife looking at me all the time to see if I'm looking at somebody else. I'm serious. And I thank God for that because I need that accountability. Amen? I'm human. I'm a man just like anybody else or any other man. Sometimes you may need to turn the TV off. As some people call it, you need to turn the television off. Right? Guys, you need, to, you need to shave again. You need to brush your teeth again. You need to wear some new cologne. Go get you some new cologne. Old Spice has actually improved their smell. The new Old Spice doesn't smell too bad. You can upgrade. Okay? You remember what it was like when you were trying to win her? You need to go back to that because that's what you've got to do to keep her. Right? This one hurts me. You need to get yourself in shape. You want her to be attracted to you? Give her something to be attracted to. Amen? Ladies, you need to speak softly to your husband. You may need to quit barking every time he comes home or nagging. Listen, man don't want to be with a nagging woman. He's been with nagging men all day long. He wants to come home and hear a little bit of respect and a little bit of love and a little bit of appreciation. Right? Come on. Somebody got it finally. Maybe once a quarter, every so many months, you need to go on an NIB conference. You know what that is? That's a naked in bed conference. You and your husband or your wife, you need to get away and you need to go get you a nice hotel room and you need to get naked. It's biblical. You was born that way. Right? Come on, all the men should be saying, yes, Lord, yes. 
And the women go to her, I say, well, good, then book it, get the babysitters and do everything else to make it happen. And I'll go. Okay. So with all that said, what happens when we mess up? What happens when we've gone too far? Because sometimes we go too far, right? Sometimes we commit adultery even before we touch somebody. What happens when that happens? I want to share something with you. 2 Timothy 2.13 says that if we are faithless, God will remain faithful. He is always faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, he is faithful. Amen? Even when you've blown it, he's faithful. His word is true that if you'll, if you'll confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? I was an adulterer before I was married. I needed to be cleansed. Amen? He cleansed me. I have an incredible marriage. I love my wife. I'm constantly trying to throw some logs on the fire. And she's constantly poking at the coal saying, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I'm trying to do that. Amen? We're working at it. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But let me tell you this. It's blessed. It's blessed. And if you'll just get it in your heart to do what you need to do. If you're the husband and you know what? You don't like the way your marriage is going. Well, good. Change. Change. Do something different. Go get a babysitter. You call the babysitter, hey, I need you to be here at so-and-so. You're going to watch my kids and, and make some reservations at a nice restaurant. Make some reservations at a nice hotel. And go get away. And then come home with, a, with a, some flowers and say, hey, babe, pack your clothes. We're gone, baby. That's a log on the fire. And all the ladies said, amen. Dear goodness, y'all got to learn. Y'all learn when to say, man, I'm giving you some good stuff. I mean. And it works the opposite way. Man, come home from work. You got his bags packed at the door. You got his, you got his truck started. And he's like, what's going on? We gone. Where are we going? We gone, baby. It's time for a conference. Look at me. He'll go. And all the men said, hey, you're going to get this sooner or later. Listen, when the pastor's preaching in your favor, you say amen. It's pretty simple. Right? I want you to stand up with me this morning. I want to take, I want to take a little bit of time. And we're going to open up the altars this morning. It's the last part of this series, but I don't believe it just stops right here. I believe it continues to go on in our own hearts and minds. And like I said, I'm so thankful for you being here and being faithful to not only be here, but to listen and to ask God to improve. So wherever you find yourself today, I, I, just, I just want to do this. I just want to take a moment. And the band's going to play, and I'm not in a hurry, okay? I'm eating at home today, so I'm not in a hurry. I just want us to take a moment. And wherever you find yourself today, if you listen, if you're married here, and, and, and honestly, you, things aren't as spicy as you'd like for them to be, and, and you guys have been struggling, you know what's going on. Whatever it is, man, come to the altar and just pray and ask God. 
There's just something incredible about stepping out of your seat and going to the front and almost just recommitting, but almost just saying, God, I'm sorry, I've blown it, I've done this. If you're here today and you've gone too far in some area, the altars are open. I just want to take a moment. Can we do that? We'll just take a moment. I'm up here. Step out. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you that the truth of your word says that we're supposed to enjoy marriage. We're supposed to have the most incredible sex on the planet because it's blessed and it's ordained by God to do so. It's one of the most spiritual things we do with our spouse, Lord, is to enjoy one another. Father, help us to stay in love with the the wife or the husband of our youth. And Lord, if there's anyone here that's gone too far, Father, I thank you that you're faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, you're faithful. Father, where we've fallen in ignorance and we just didn't know any better and we've we've been struggling and, and, and we heard this message and we heard your words and we went, really? That's how it's supposed to be. But we've wrecked some things. Lord, forgive us. Heal us, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, if we've been here today and we've, we've dabbled in things that we shouldn't be dabbling in, we've looked at things too long and we've gone places we shouldn't go and we... Forgive us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lord, one of the greatest testimonies we've got on this planet is our marriage people see Jesus in our marriage Lord they either see him or they don't it's a great witness Lord Lord I pray you heal marriages today all across this room heal marriages Lord help us to throw another log on the fire help us to spice some things up help us to pour life into one another but most importantly Lord if we've disconnected but If we disconnected our lifeline with you, Lord, help us to restore that. Help us to come back to you today, Lord. And whatever we've done, just confess it and allow you to heal us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can get up and walk in healing and forgiveness and be reconnected to this lifeline, Lord. Help us today, Lord.